again all my fabulous listeners thanks Mill, for tuning in to another episode of Glow West if you want to get in touch with the podcast the Twitter and Instagram is at Glow West Podcast please pop over to Spotify or Apple give us a rate and review and a follow it helps push the podcast out to other new people who are desperately in need of listening to us talk about all the wonderful aspects of sex and sexuality so today we're talking about something we've talked about in the podcast before you know obviously um, sex is fun and orgasms are lovely and everything else but we do have to talk about the emotional side of relationships too and that includes the emotionally abusive sides of relationships too because unfortunately far too many people um, experience emotional abuse from their partners and we want to make a world where that does not happen anymore. So today my guest is Mary Hayes who is the project lead for Women's Aid to Into You campaign which aims to raise awareness of intimate relationship abuse against young people and in particular young women age 18 to 25 in Ireland. Mary is responsible for supporting young people in learning about the difference between healthy and unhealthy relationships and promoting awareness of supports available at twointoyou.ie. She has a background in women's health and mental health policy and advocacy and has led on national campaigns on women's and young women's mental health. She completed her master's in equality studies and holds a BA in communication studies also. So Mary, thanks Mel for joining us. How are you today? I'm great. The sun is out here where I am so finally spring has spring has sprung oh I have like the worst weather outside at the moment it's like torrential oh, no. rain and we're only like oh. what two hours apart so it's like yeah. the difference oh, in no. weather it's but know. I hope it makes its way over to you I know yeah I'm like maybe the afternoon I might have decent yeah. weather I'll get, get outside the house um but this is this is an interesting campaign you know we've talked about this a lot on the podcast and people have responded that yeah you know they didn't get any kind of education on this in school and you know struggle to find the words to describe what intimate partner abuse looks like apart from physical abuse that's kind of the more obvious kind of form of abuse but how you know in, in your work how do you find people reckon with emotional abuse and intimate partner abuse on that level like are they aware of even what it looks like well I suppose there's there's a few questions in there you know like what we what we call it first of all yeah. um is one thing you know often like words like domestic violence are used domestic abuse intimate partner abuse intimate relationship abuse there's kind of a million different yeah. names <laughs> um and often I think that can be almost a barrier to recognizing that it can happen to you because you know you think domestic abuse that's the domestic setting yeah. um, it means that you have to be living with your partner but you know we know from all of our work with survivors that you absolutely don't have to be living with them um, and it can also happen in a, in a young relationship I think there's kind of an image of what a survivor of abuse looks like you know yeah. it's maybe like an older woman like the bruise she's battered she's cowering you know guy. But, yeah yeah absolutely and you know I think it that can act as a roadblock to realizing that if it's happening to you that you know it it needs to be taken seriously because there's kind of an idea that there has to be the bruise there or you know that you have to be married to them for it to be abuse but that's not the case at all you know abuse can happen in young relationships it can happen in your first relationship you know you don't have to be living with them you don't have to have kids it can be a casual relationship um so I think like the the words we use probably act as as one piece, but also the assumption that it has to be physical as well. Um, you know, people think that there is kind of this threshold for abuse, you know, that it has to be there has to be the bruise there or there has to be maybe sexual assault there. 
um, or it has to be going on for a really long period of time. But, you know, abuse, it's a pattern, but that pattern can take place over a short amount of time. Um, you know, if it's your first relationship and just say you get serious very quickly in the first few weeks and then in the you know first few months, then you start to feel that control and kind of watching you and um, that pattern forming like that is considered abuse. So really, it's about um, us talking about relationships because you're dead right. We don't talk about this in school. We're not taught about it. Um, but I think the more we talk about it, like if we can create more conversation around relationships in general, healthy relationships, unhealthy relationships, green flags, red flags, then it can go a long way to, you know, kind of dispelling those myths, I suppose, around what it has to look like. Absolutely. And I think that that's really key for a lot of people. If they're not identifying with that image of an older person, then they're like, oh, this can't happen to me. And then they might find, well, there is nowhere to turn to because those services aren't for me and things like that. So um, so yeah. talk to me about the, the campaign then. So what is to into you and how how does that help young people between the age of 18 to 25? That's your target group. How, how do yeah. they identify what that looks like for them? Yeah, so I suppose the campaign, it's been around for 10 years um, and it started because we started to see a lot more young people come through our services. So, you know, contacting the helpline, using one-to-one services. So we wanted to create a specific campaign with really specific messaging for young people so that they know that, you know, Women's Aid is a support for them because people think that, you know, Women's Aid is just, you know, for women who are older and married and um, with kids, living with partner, things like that. But uh, we set up a specific website, um, to into.ie, and we set up a chat service on it because, you know, often people don't like making phone calls. Um, so we set up the chat service with young people specifically in mind. Um, so the whole idea behind to into you, the name is, you know, if someone is into you, it can feel exciting. But if they're too into you, then that would be a red flag for abuse. Um, so we do a couple of things with the campaign. You know, we're trying to raise awareness of the fact that abuse is common, unfortunately, um, and that it can happen in young relationships, but also that there is specific support out there for you. Um, so the research that we've done, it's um, shown that there's one in five young women and one in 11 young men um, have been subject to abuse by a partner or ex. And actually, for the majority of young women, that abuse happened under the age of 18. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, it just really goes to show that it can happen in your yeah. first relationship, because if you haven't dated before, if you've nothing to compare it to, it can be really hard to spot it. And it can be really easy to get swept up in, you know, the romance and what feels like romance, but actually could be something, you know, a little bit more sinister. It could be a red flag for um, them trying to control you later on um, I don't want to get into all the red flags but um, you know like love bombing would be a, an example of that you know where you're bombarded with love and attention and affection you know the things that feel really normal at the start of a relationship like wanting to spend all your time together it's kind of grand gestures or like moving very fast um, or them saying you know I love you or asking to be you know exclusive really early on like that can be really exciting, especially if it's your first relationship and you kind of feel like, oh, it's my time. But if you feel, you know, under pressure or, you know, guilted into moving fast um, or doing things you don't want to do or just like you have to reciprocate, you know, those kind of um, 
gesture is of affection, um, then that is where the red flag is. So I suppose that's what we're trying to do with the campaign is say, you know, we need to take these red flags seriously because they can be so normalized, especially um, in kind of newer and younger relationships. But we need to take them seriously because it can get so much worse down the line. And if, the, you know, the longer you're in a relationship like that, the, the much harder it is to leave. Absolutely. So that's really great to explain what love bombing is because we see that a lot on social media and it, it's really great to know what healthiness is, I suppose, in the initial stages of relationships. Um, we also see gaslighting quite a lot and, and you know, that's quite a popular hashtag these days on, on TikTok and stuff. Yeah. Can you explain what gaslighting is for us? Yeah, um, so gaslighting, it's a really effective form of emotional abuse. Um, so it happens when the person you're seeing um, questions, you know, uh, your memories or says things like, you know, are you sure you tend to have a bad memory? Um, or, you know, they say things that you know to be true or that, you know, happened. They say that they didn't happen. And what this does, it makes you feel like you're going absolutely crazy and it starts to wear down, you know, your trust in your gut. Um, it starts to make you feel like that what's happening to you is your fault and that, um, you know, it's all in your head and that you're being dramatic and over the top. Um, and it can be really, really subtle, you know, um, but it happens slowly over time. But it can be really dangerous because that trust in your gut is so important for your self-esteem um, and also for you to know your worth. You know, that is one of the things with emotional abuse. It really wears you down and it makes you feel like no one else is going to want you. No one else will love you. You know, maybe you've been isolated from your friends. You feel completely alone and that if you do break up with them, that you won't have anyone and that no one is going to believe what has happened. But it's great that, you know, gaslighting has kind of become part of like you know the social language um but i suppose it's about talking about it uh in meaningful ways and um for if somebody to talk about it happening to themselves that you know they are believed because the worst thing that could happen is you know you say it to someone and they're like oh gaslight girl girl boss cake yeah you know? hashtags so <laughs> Like, absolutely, we can use it in a fun way, but um, it is it feels really, really horrible and really, um, really, it can be really distressing when it when it happens to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like the idea of like you're you're spending your time then playing detective and trying to figure out, well, did I say that? Like who was there and going back to your texts and trying to figure out what the reality is like it's it's soul destroying. And then you're trying yeah. to do that while still being in the relationship like and, yeah. and then dealing with new stuff all the time so you're kind of when do you have a moment to even catch your breath really yeah because that's it you know you're constantly tiptoeing around your partner or you know wondering what might set them off or changing your behaviors so that you know you're you're keeping the peace or you know maybe you're not seeing a certain friend because you don't want them to complain you know um and actually, so one of the uh, girls that we work with, Juliana, she was um, abused uh, by her boyfriend when she was 19. And, um, you know, she had started to become really isolated from her friends because he would say, you know, your friends are really bad influence on you. You shouldn't spend time with them. You know, why don't you want to spend time with me? This really kind of manipulative behavior. 
And then, you know, she kind of had started to say, you know, I'm feeling really lonely and, you know, I miss my friends and I feel like I've no one. And he would say then, but you're, what are you talking about? You have loads of friends, but all of her friends were now his friends. So, you know, that was a really subtle way of gaslighting happening. It's kind of like, well, you do have friends, you know, it's all in your head. You're being dramatic. You're being ungrateful, you know, so it can, it can be really, really subtle, but it's, it's a horrible yeah, the way I, I describe it, and you mentioned earlier about gut feeling of like, it just feels like you're on very unstable ground. So you're just constantly mm-hmm. just going, what is going on? You're unsure of everything. And, you know, you're doubting yourself and your memories and your mind and your body and everything. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, it's, it's, people think, you know, it's, I think it's kind of crueler than physical abuse, but not that they're in a competition. Like it's yeah. not the, not the abuse Olympics or anything, but it, it just, it's kind of harder to spot sometimes like physical abuse is like oh there's a bruise or there's a mark or I remember where they hit me but emotional abuse it can be so subtle that like you know it's not like someone comes up to you in a first date and said hi my name is John or whatever happens to me um by the way in 10 minutes time you can't see your friends anymore and you have to move in with me and stuff like it's it's really subtly done that like you can't really put a pin on it sometimes of like how it starts and when it starts but yeah like what does it feel like for the people that have come forward to you of of like that slow process Mm. you know is that what they'd identify with yeah absolutely and I think one of the hardest things with this is the fact that the person who's supposed to love you is doing this to you so it can that is what can feel really, really difficult to grapple with. Because, you know, like you said, they're not going to tell you, you know, well, you know, I'm going to be abusive to you in a few months. Um, You know, you wouldn't get with somebody who you knew was going to be abusive. Um, But the reality is, is that people who abuse aren't abusive all the time. They will leave little crumbs of, you know, love and care because they want to give little glimpses of who they were before and that's what keeps people trapped in a relationship because they think oh well they were nice today so you know maybe it'll be okay um and again it's that you know you're almost gas you're to the point of where you're gaslighting yourself then because they've made you feel dramatic or like it is in your head like maybe they were just stressed yesterday maybe they were in a bad bad day or exactly oh well that happened because this happened (laughs) you know you make excuses for them yeah like you know maybe they were drunk um but you know the research shows that people who are drunk don't um you know they wait to target their partner they won't be abusive um or like harass people around them they'll wait to target their partners so you know this excuse of like oh they were drunk they were high or whatever um it can really diminish and minimize the problem that this is same with you know uh, mental illness like you know people say oh well they have you know um they they have anxiety or things like that there are plenty of people with anxiety who don't abuse their partners you know yeah Yeah. and I see a lot of stuff as well online now around narcissism And I think it's become a little bit like tricky or murky waters because, you know, narcissism is a personality disorder. There's a very small amount of the population who are diagnosed with narcissism. And if we get into the space of, you know, oh, well, they're a narcissist or this is narcissistic um, behavior, it almost pushes it aside or excuses it as separate to them. It's like, oh, well, that's the narcissism. But actually, 
it's you know abuse unfortunately it's it's a choice whether that choice is conscious or unconscious it is a choice that is made yeah um so I think we we need to be careful you know when we look at like the causes of abuse or why abuse happens or who it happens to you know it can really belittle it and that can add to people you know not being believed or being worried about looking for support or you know going to the guards things like that yeah and you can see that a lot in like I saw some extreme examples in the states you know with like gun violence and they're like the the headline will be like gun gunman or whatever it is um had mm. mental health issues and it's yeah. like no like m- so many people in the population have mental health issues and they're not going yeah. around murdering people and you know if they do it might have played a part in it but it also like might not it might have been just their personality or it might have been a million other things you know but yeah people seem to not want to explore the abuse side and they're just like oh it's mental health tick done that's it that's yeah. it. that's the reason that's the excuse we can all move on now and it's like that just stigmatizes everyone else who has mental health issues <clears throat> which is like quite a large proportion of the population yeah like, absolutely yeah and you know as well it diverts the attention away from the survivor which is the person that we should be listening to and you know believing their experiences and not just dismissing them all as okay well what happened to you was down to this tick box or this tick box you know because at the end of the day like there is no um one experience of abuse abuse will will manifest differently for so many different people um you know like for a a disabled woman her experience of abuse is going to be completely different to somebody um you know who's um not disabled so like she's going to experience a lot um, uh, of different barriers, you know, to seeking support or even being believed or, you know, what are her connections to uh, her friends and her community? Um, you know, for somebody who's trans, like uh, we do some work with uh, Belong To, you know, the LGBT uh, youth organization. And, you know, they would say that a lot of trans women who come to them, um, you know, they're their gender identity is used against them. You know, they're told, well, you're not a real woman or no one's going to believe you um, or, uh, you know, no one's going to love you because you're not a real woman. So, you know, you should be grateful for how I'm treating you. So, you know. It's horrendous. Like, I mean, trans people have a hard enough with society being assholes to them. You don't need your partner also doing that. So Exactly. Yeah. And then there's all the nuances within those identities as well, you know, Um. Like, is that trans woman a migrant? You know, does she have, um, you know, language barriers? Um, is her uh, identity linked to or her uh, status here linked to her partner? You know, yeah. so um, it's really I suppose that's the thing. You know, there's no one size fits all solution to this. It's really about listening to the people that this is happening to and trying to learn what is helpful for them. And that's really what I'm constantly trying to do with the work into into you is, you know, listen to young people about their experiences, because all of our work is embedded in the survivor voice. It's in it's embedded in the people who use our services because they have such a wealth of knowledge, because there's, you know, an assumption that, okay, if you just get out of the relationship, everything will be fine. But actually, you know, more often than not, people will it, it can take on average seven times to leave an abusive relationship. You know, that's huge. And there are so much there's so much nuance in that. And 
you know, it can be hard for people to understand that. Like, why would you go back or why yeah. didn't you just leave? Why did you stay? And Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, for each person, they're going to know themselves what is safe for them and what resources they have available to them, what supports they have um, and where they're at themselves. Um, so, yeah, really, it's just about listening to, you know, like all of the things like gender based violence, you know, it's all about listening to the people that it's happening to and hearing them and saying, OK, what what do you need? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about back in, I don't know, a million years ago now, like probably even like to say the 70s, like that was kind of the first time, you know, in places like the States where like people like mostly women like got together and were like look like we actually have to talk about this like domestic violence is an issue let's talk about mm-hmm. it and like those consciousness raising groups that people had that like you know started to realize actually this is a thing and it's more widespread but because people hadn't networked together before I don't think people had a clue of like how widespread it was but it was also like legal you know you could you could hit your wife that was not an issue for yeah many many countries and still is in many countries but like in Ireland like you know it, like rape and marriage wasn't outlawed till the 90s which is shocking to see but I think even if you look at the language like back then and some places in the states still do they they use the term like battered wives which Mm. is horrendous on a million different levels but doesn't include um you know emotional abuse in it because that and then so if you only think of domestic violence as oh I'm not battered and I'm not a wife then you're going yeah. to miss out that emotional nuance of it. Yeah. And there's so much as well within the emotional space. Like, you know, we have the whole online space now, which is something that we're all trying to navigate and figure out. You know, online abuse is really prevalent amongst young people. Um, so of that one in five uh, young women who were abused, uh, one in two had experienced online abuse. So online abuse, it's really, it's not a form of abuse, but it's a way to ca- carry out other forms of okay. abuse. It's just a tool so, that like abusers exactly. have at their disposal. Exactly. So, they, you know, that could look like somebody, you know, incessantly liking and commenting on all of your videos, you know, sending you loads of DMs. Um, you know, uh, checking your phone, demanding to look through your phone, wanting to know your passwords to social media, um, you know, installing spyware on your phone so that they can track your location or just changing, you know, uh, your settings on your phone, not even installing anything. That's actually a lot more common than people think. Um, so, you know, I think that's a space that people are trying to navigate and it's almost it's it's really normalized now at this point almost because it is new territory and especially amongst young people there's kind of um there's a real normalization around like looking through your partner's phone knowing their passwords but actually what that says is you know they don't respect your privacy like yeah and like it's not like you're saying no you can't look through my phone it's more that in a healthy relationship if you say look I like to have my phone as my space you know, and you say that to them and they say, OK, yeah, no problem. Then that's like green flag. Like we like to see that. Yeah. Whereas if they're saying, well, you know, don't you why don't you do you have something to hide? You know, things like that. That shows that there isn't trust there. It's really yeah. about, you know, it's it's not necessarily thinking about, OK, let me look for red flags in the relate in my relationship. It's more about thinking, you know, what is it like when I bring something up with my partner? Do I feel nervous when when I want to bring something up with them? Or do I feel comfortable to kind of talk things through, you know, whether that's just our communication style, you know, our sex life? Like, do I feel comfortable to kind of talk you through what I'm uh, up for or what I'm comfortable with? Like, do we know what consent sounds like and looks like for each other, you know? 
I think they're they're good on that but I think lots of young people especially because you know we might not have as much education about mental health and stuff but if you're an anxious person or you you have anxiety um that's going to be hard anyway to to bring those topics up but then how does someone in that situation how do they distinguish between a general bit of healthy anxiety, you know, because these these are hard conversations to have and some anxiety is a little bit healthy, but obviously not to a debilitating level. But then how do you, if you are in an abusive relationship and you have anxiety from that too, like how does, does someone make sense of, of all that? Because like if you're in an abusive relationship, you probably will have anxiety anyway, but we can have yeah. anxiety outside the relationship. So it's just, it can be messy for some people yeah. sometimes. No, completely. And I totally get that. And I suppose that's why we have the services that we do. You know, it it feels probably like a big thing to like contact women's age, you know, but really it's if something feels wrong at all, it's worth just talking about it. And, you know, that could be talking to your friends, you know, talking to your family, whatever, you know, just somebody who you trust and feel supports you. But if you don't have that, or if you just want to um, talk to people who have loads of experience with this, you know, that's why we have the chat service on the two and two website. Because, you know, if you are worried, but you're like, oh, maybe it is just my anxiety. Like you can, you can chat to us. And if, um, you know, we realize at the end of it, actually, you know, it sounds pretty healthy. That's fine. You know, that's you're not wasting our resources. That's why that service is there. We're there to help you talk through what's going on in your relationship, how you're feeling, how your partner makes you feel. So, you know, it's not like if you contact us, we're wanting to tell you that you're in an abusive relationship and you need to break up with them. Yeah, we're yeah. just providing you're, you're not a chomping space. at the bit to be like, yeah, him, yeah, you know, exactly. We're just providing a space where we will listen to you, you know, um, and, you know, whatever it is you're going through that we can talk through that with you. So if there's anything at all that's coming up for you, I think it's it's worth, you know, either dropping us a text or even just going to the website, having a little look like we have um, a relationship quiz on the website. And it kind of gives you a, a an idea of if your relationship is healthy, if, you know, maybe there are things that you could be should be concerned about or if there's things that sound more serious and you should try and seek support. And like that's free. You know, it's um, we don't ask you for your email, your name, your age. It's completely confidential. Um, and that's the same with the messaging service and the helpline as well. They're both completely free and confidential. And we don't ask any um, identifying questions. So we don't ask your age, your gender, your sexuality, where you're from, you know, um, it's it's there for you for support. So really, you know, again, if something feels wrong, it could be. So it's worth just opening the conversation around it. You're reminding me of, you know, that meme where it's like me tells a, a story from my childhood that I laughed at. And then people say, oh, we're really sorry that happened to you. And you're yeah. like, oh, I thought it was a funny story. And it's like, yeah. Hmm. Maybe we yeah. should look at that a bit more. But yeah, <laughs> that's really good that people have that. And do you find people come back to you then and, and think and say things like, oh, I've thought about it. And actually, like, I always kind of call them like light bulb moments when people mm. kind of realize, oh, that applies to me. And you hadn't either hadn't thought of it before or you just hadn't the courage to name it because that's really hard. Like who wants to name themselves as a victim of abuse? Like nobody yeah. does. But it, it's just that light bulb moment of, oh, this this is me. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, every case is different, 
But the people will have light bulb moments doing the quiz. They'll, you know, have a light bulb moment looking at a post on our social media. You know, it comes in many different ways. And often it'll take time people to process it as well, because, you know, you don't want to feel like, you know, the victim or, you know, this kind of um, like person who wasn't capable of being in a healthy relationship. You know, you have to remember abuse isn't your fault. Abuse is done to you. You know, you can be as empowered and informed as anyone, but abuse is done to you. You didn't have a choice in that. Um, so, you know, you you can't blame yourself for it. And really, um, like the supports are there because we want people to feel believed or just, um, you know, have the space to maybe have that light bulb moment. Um, and that's as well why it's really important, um, why we're trying, I suppose, to get the word out there about the campaign and the supports and for people to try and share it because, you know, you never know who in your life might need to know um, where the sports are or who might need to have that light bulb moment um, because, you know, you don't realise it when you're in it. And when you're in it, it can be really hard to see the wood for the trees. So, you know, if your friend is sharing something that you um, recognise, not only is that saying, you know, it's giving them information, it's signposting to them sports, but it's also you saying, you seeing, um, you know, your friend believing somebody who is going through, you know, abuse. If if you share um, a post saying, you know, it's not healthy for your partner to look through your phone, then at least that friend knows, okay, maybe if I bring that to that friend, they'll believe me and they're not going to be like, what are you talking about? You're crazy, yeah. you know? Yeah, that support from friends is so vital. And yeah, yeah. And I think when, you know, when people are in that situation and as they feel like they can't talk to anyone, like it can be embarrassment and shame sometimes. And especially from people who were like, might identify as a feminist and might be like, oh, I'm like really switched on. And they're like, I can't believe this is me. Like we would have, you know, yeah. when I worked in refuges, we'd have a lot of people come in and go, I can't believe I'm in a refuge. Like this isn't. Yeah how did this happen to me and it, it's just like this happens to other people it's like how yeah. how do we help people get past that of like there is no one typical abuse survivor like everyone looks so different mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and it really it's just about believing people when they tell their stories you know um whatever that is um because that can be a huge barrier like that was in our research that was the biggest barrier to people coming forward was you know, the fear of not being believed um, and, you know, being believed and feeling believed can look different for everyone as well. And the support that um, they need and how they seek support will also be different for everyone. Yeah, yeah, and different supports. And like not everyone needs to go to a refuge or oh, I, yeah. I think that's what people think sometimes of like, oh, this, if, if they set that ball in motion of naming this as abuse, then you have to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah, which you do, which you absolutely don't. You know, every person is different for one person. Maybe it is that they, you know, need refuge space for someone else. It could just be, you know, that they need financial support. And we we provide financial support in women's aid as well. If people need, you know, um, like security, like change of locks or um, like surveillance um, equipment in their house, things like that. Um, or, you know, is it. Uh, accompaniment to um, court just say if you are going down that road um, or if it's just you know information around um, you know uh, say for example the sharing of intimate images yes like that's yeah. become really common now yeah uh, well I don't think it's become really common it probably has been common we just but recognize now, it now exactly and we recognize it as abuse now yeah 
Yeah. So, you know, for that person, like what they need in terms of support could be very, you know, it'll be completely different across the spectrum. But we want people to know now that like we are supporting people around that and also that it's now a crime in Ireland. Um, so we're trying to get the word out about that. Um, yeah, we, we talk, you know, in, in, in my other hat in, in active consent, like we talk about that with young people and a lot of them don't know that there is support or that it is illegal. And it's been legal yeah. for like two years now. So yeah. it's about, I suppose, that community education piece of like, no, like you do have rights and there is support here for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people, you know, um, they also don't realize that it's it's not just illegal to share intimate images or videos of someone it's illegal to threaten to share them yes so that's really i think the key piece because Mm. what that is is it's coercion so say for example you know you break up with your partner and they say okay well you better get back with me or i'm going to send these pictures around to my whatsapp group so even if they don't share them that threat alone is illegal because that is coercion it says if you don't change your behavior if you don't get back with me I'm going to share these images. And what that is, is it's image-based sexual abuse. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And we, we might understand that more, or we used to understand that more in terms of physical abuse. Of like, someone doesn't have to hit you, but they can threaten, yeah. if you don't do this, I will hit you or whatever happens to be. And now it's just like uh, the internet is just another tool again for for abusers it's not that like oh it's more prevalent now that because we have the internet it's like abusers will use what they can to abuse people it's not like you know there's no abuse before the internet like you know before whatever 1990 whatever whenever the internet came out yeah yeah so that and then like to just I suppose we're we're coming to the end now but just I know you go out to schools and and you know to talk um to people about what what two interview means like what kind of responses do you get um from schools like do you think do you find that most people have a little bit of idea about this or no idea or what what are their responses like yeah so so we actually we don't go into schools because uh we uh it's for 18 to 25s oh yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah, but i mean we're hoping to move into the under 18 space because you know abuse it's so prevalent like for under 18s um but it's it's just resource we don't have the resource at the moment for it but uh whenever I go out and do talks with like organizations or you know uh different groups around the country or even colleges things like that what happens all the time is I have people coming up to me and saying oh my god I didn't realize the relationship that I was in two years ago was um abusive so it's you know even afterwards that they're having that light bulb moment and that could be hard to grapple with as well because you know when you're going through this and you break up and then you go into a new relationship sometimes you can you know that stuff will come with you as well um you know it 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 almost kind of sets the scene for how you feel like you should be treated not that you're bringing you know behaviors that are causing abuse it's more that you know uh maybe you feel like you aren't able to set boundaries or you don't feel um, confident to do yeah, that you look know what happened last time when you tried that you know yeah um, exactly yeah, yeah yeah um and you know so our supports are there as well um for uh, people who have gone through abuse in the past if they want to kind of just talk about it like that space is there for you as well um but that's one thing we always hear um really uh people are i suppose surprised around the emotional abuse you know that it is so prevalent like it's the most common form of abuse against uh young people um and i suppose you know it's really about like what that looks like is what surprises people you know like little things like telling you like what to wear or what not to wear 
like sometimes that might be kind of brushed off as like, oh, well, I just have better um, taste in clothes or I know what looks nice on you yeah, or I like yeah. when you wear this, you know. Um, so really, it's just kind of like trying to like do some consciousness raising around like, OK, how do I feel when my you know partner says things like that to me? Mm-hmm. And how would I feel, you know, maybe talking to them about it? But I think people do have um, more awareness and language around it now. Definitely, like even in the two years that I've been doing this, I've seen a change already, which is brilliant. That's really positive. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's really great. Um, and we've seen a rise in awareness as well of our services, um, which is fantastic. Um, but also the lovely thing that uh, always comes up is people wanting to look out for their friends yeah which is that's really great, great. Yeah. yeah because you know like I suppose reaching out to like a service or the guards or something like that can feel enormous you know it could feel really scary and sometimes you know your friends could be an absolutely huge support for you but often you know when you're going through abuse you can be really isolated from them and you might feel like scared or guilty to go to them but you know your friends are probably like like dying for to try and create some connection um and I suppose it can feel like an intimidating conversation to have with your friends like if you are worried about them but we have a whole guide on the website it's called help a friend and it just kind of gives um tips and things to say things not to say you know how to open the conversation how to make them feel like um you're supporting them you know we give phrases that you can say you know so that they feel believed um and it also has information on like how to keep them safe how to keep yourself safe as well things like that so that's that's there for people but that's always a really nice thing um when it comes up because we you know we have to look out for our friends absolutely and i think like you know if you're in that situation your friends have probably had a whatsapp chat chat between themselves going how do we help how how do we help her you know so they are Mm. on your side they just mightn't necessarily know what to do or wait for the right time so that's great that you have that so remind Mm. us all what the website is again so it's two into you.ie so perfect i'll spell it out because people yeah. <laughs> use yeah. it's t-o-o-i-n-t-o-y-o-u dot i-e and we're on all socials as well we're on instagram twitter and tiktok perfect and for the women's aid if anyone wants to go forward and ring women's aid for support what's their number yeah so it's 1800 341 900 um and that's uh completely free and confidential service it's available 24 hours and it's also available in over 200 languages so if um english isn't your first language uh, we have an interpretation service and we also have a service for deaf and hard of hearing people as well fantastic it's great to have all that those accessibility points are just fantastic to see so um mary thanks so much for chatting to us i think it's really great just to keep this conversation going and like you said it might never happen to you but it might be your friends and it's great to be able to support our friends too because let's be good friends and treat each other well so fantastic so thank you so much for chatting to me today Thank you so much for having me. No worries. And thanks, Mil, to all my listeners. Again, we'll put that helpline for Women's Aid up in the comments there and the link to the To Into You website too. So thanks, Mil, for listening. If you want to reach out about the podcast, the Twitter and Instagram is West Podcast. You can also pop over to tortoiseshack.ie if you want to support us through Patreon there. We won't say no. Um, and there's lots of podcasts there from politics and culture and all sorts of different, different topics. So thanks, Mil, for listening and I'll chat to you next week.